Peace, everybody. I hope everybody who's listening to this right now is doing good or you're doing okay or you're doing better if that's where you're at right now. And if you are, I'm right there, right along with you. I'm definitely doing better right now, especially compared to where I was the last time that I decided to record something for my blog and the last time I decided to talk about something, especially given what I was talking about, um, just trying to confront the situation in which I came back to the United States in, um, and the way in which I came back. And then after that, we are all being confined into our houses and being bombarded with images of violence and death in the country. And now with the election coming up, things have been very chaotic in the past six months. So I'm, I'm definitely doing better than where I was before. I think, I hope at least other people are also doing better. I think now we can say that people are acclimated. I don't know if we can really even say that, but you know, I definitely wouldn't say people are used to the way things are. A lot of people are still struggling. Um, people definitely aren't okay with where we're at right now. So I, I guess that's the least I could say is, is I'm doing better. I'm acclimated, still trying to figure it out. Next moves are coming still, still next moves are coming, still trying to figure it out. But when, when does life ever happen on our terms? Despite everything going on, I think it's been really inspiring to see, um, people that I don't know, people that I do know in my personal life, use this time to really focus their intention and to focus their attention and to change their life in a lot of radical ways. I've seen people getting into fields that they didn't expect to be getting into that they enjoy, people getting new hobbies, people changing the way that they eat, people starting businesses. I've, I've even seen some people leave the country altogether. So it's, it's, it's been a difficult time, but it's also been really inspiring. And I'm really, really glad and really privileged to be a part of that group of people that has been able to take a difficult situation and maybe not necessarily turn things around completely, but I've definitely been able to work on myself. Honestly, if it wasn't for the coronavirus times, if it wasn't, if it weren't, if it weren't for the coronavirus times, I wouldn't even be talking about this subject today right now. Because if you've listened to my last episodes, you know that in the past two years, two or three years, I don't even remember anymore, but in the past two or so years, I converted to Islam from Christianity. Not even really Christianity. <laughs> Christianity and a whole bunch of different religions and, and ideologies and things that I was just into before. So for a long time, it was like I had to leave all of that stuff in the past because now I have to learn how to be a Muslim. Like I have to learn how to pray. I have to learn when to pray, when not to pray, when to fast. What is a lunar month? When is it? What month is this? You know, I had to learn all of those things and just learning etiquette and rules and things like that. It wasn't like I had to learn necessarily what I believe because the belief the core belief is so simple, but having to learn all of the outward expression, I was so preoccupied with that stuff. I couldn't spend time learning about the 
the things that transcend religion that I was interested in before, the more spiritual, metaphysical things, I wasn't able to learn about that. I had to put that on the back burner. But interestingly enough, you know, they say God works in mysterious ways, but since the coronavirus lockdown and since the whole pandemic kicked off, like I had all of these interesting synchronicities to where I'm being introduced to different people through social media, different teachers, different, just like like-minded people are like coming my way and educating me. And one of those people, I'm taking this course right now, African Quran, Brother Bilal Ware, Butch Ware on Instagram, follow him if you're late like me, but like amazing class. You know how teachers say the best part about being a teacher is when you see the light bulb come on for a student or like when the switch flips. Yeah, I feel like I am actually the light bulb in that class. So that has been like the high point of all of this stuff resurfacing for me. Having somebody explain that all of those things that I studied in the past, those texts, those different religions, that those are important and they belong here, it was really, really important for me. That's why I feel comfortable enough to properly explain these experiences that I've had throughout my life. And you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I've always been into scary, spooky stuff. I've always been into horror stories and scary movies and things like that. My, my birthday is in October. I don't know if it's because of that. Like I've just always loved that, like, you know, that spooky Halloween kind of time of the year. You know, the nights are getting longer. The air is cooling down and fall is just a beautiful season. I know people, haters, like to think that in California, we don't have four seasons, but we definitely do. We have fall, spring, summer, and fire. <laughs> you know, we do have fire season. Fire season is real. So after coming off of summer and fire season, things are finally starting to cool down again. And yeah, it's just a cozy, comfortable time of the year. But I, I love all of that scary stuff. I don't know, because if it's because of my personal interest, like I've kind of, I guess, invited those things to happen to me. I mean, it's not like they are that scary, but I don't know if it's because I've opened myself up to those kind of things that some kind of strange stuff has happened to me. But yeah, I finally feel comfortable enough and not afraid <laughs> to talk about them on the internet, especially. So some background about gin and what they are. They are the original inhabitants of Earth. They existed here for thousands and thousands, maybe even millions of years before humans showed up. So they were living in nature before we came on the scene. As far as why we can't see them, there's basically just a barrier, a spiritual barrier. They're on the other side of the crossroads, however you describe that. But more naturalistically speaking, I guess, I mean, as above, so below, it's not necessarily naturalistically speaking, but humans in, in Islam and in the Bible, humans are created from the earth, from the dust of the earth, from the clay of the earth. So we're made of solid matter. That's what humans are made out of. And jinn are made of smokeless fire. So they're made from more of a chemical reaction, more of a gas. So there's a really big difference in those different states of matter. And as above, so below, like I said, that's why we can't necessarily see them and interact with them the same way that we do 
other physical beings like animals and plants and things like that. It might sound strange for people from different religions, especially different Abrahamic religions or um, Western culture, but I think that it's really important and profound that this exists in an Abrahamic religion because there are so many people who have had experiences that they can't explain or have seen things that they can't explain. And this goes to Professor Bilal's class, like your religion should be able to explain that if there is truth in it. You know, there's so many different cultures and different religions that can explain these things. And if yours can't, it kind of looks like it's lacking, you know, because people really do have these experiences. And not even just people have these experiences as individuals, but the idea that we share the earth with something that we can't interact with the way that we interact with each other. The fact that we share the earth with something like that is a part of human beliefs or it's been a part of human beliefs for thousands and thousands of years and it's ubiquitous in human culture. Although jinn is a catch-all term, I think it's still really important and profound that we have that because it gives value to a lot of different spiritual and religious traditions. And if your religion is supposed to be the universal religion, there should be an explanation for these things. For example, let's say somebody who is a native person from America converts to Islam, but their whole life they've been having um, certain experiences through their traditional indigenous culture and, and faith system. So now you're telling a person who is otherwise not mentally ill that all of those experiences that they've had are, are what? Like they're crazy now? Or if you don't have any other explanation and you say that those were just demons, so now their indigenous culture is demonic, I think that that's wrong. I'm not trying to diminish somebody else's faith system or religion by by saying, oh, your gods are just jinn. No, I think that it is important to note also for that reason that jinn can be benevolent. They can be good jinn. They can do good things for people, but there's also bad jinn. And also that jinn come in a variety just the same way that people do a variety of religions, a variety of culture, a variety of tradition. So it could just be that these spirits are closely related to XYZ people group, or they come from a similar background, a similar tradition, or have a very strong relationship with the same part of the earth that certain groups of people do. So I think it is very important to have a catch-all term that can help me orient myself with religions of other people without having to say that you worship evil things because jinn aren't inherently bad or malevolent. I just want to say one more thing in relation to this subject. It's something that I actually learned in Professor Bilal's class, so I don't want to talk too much about it to preserve the integrity of it. But as far as people from traditions and religions that have a lot of knowledge about spirits that live in nature, it is so important for us to have a connection with and take care of the earth. I think in the Abrahamic religions, we've actually lost that because of the the current culture 
that we live in. But what happens is when we destroy the environment, we destroy the homes of these ancient spirits who have been living there long before we were even on the scene. And now we force them to live with us where we live. And, you know, they were here before we were. So there's already kind of a natural animosity. But once we've destroyed their homes, uh, the professor was explaining that's why a lot more people have been having these strange experiences that they can't necessarily explain because now these spirits are living with us and they're not happy about it. So I can finally transition into my experiences with Jen. I am going to say though that my experiences with Jen are not these big elaborate scary ghost stories that I think a lot of people are expecting but honestly people need to know that most experiences with Jen aren't like that. Most of us interact with Jen every day without even knowing it. So anyway, the first time that I ever had an encounter with a Jen. So it's kind of interesting. The first experience I had, I was like 13 or 14 years old. And I remember that because my sister wasn't living at home. She had gone off to college and the only people that were in the house was me and my dad. My mom um, she's a nurse and she works night shifts, so she wasn't at home. And it was an auditory experience, but I think it's interesting because even though it was a very simple experience, I think that a lot of spirits will try to interact with people to see who's going to bite, to see who is open to interacting with them, whether they be benevolent or malevolent. I think that they just try to see who is going to take the bait because a lot of people, when something like something like this happens, they're like, oh God, Jesus, take it away. And it goes away forever. And they don't have these experiences anymore. Or they express so much fear that they just close themselves off from it. Or even they express so much um, skepticism that they get closed off from it. But basically, all that happened was a spirit was trying to get my attention and was calling my name. It was like, Bria. Hey, Bria. And it was a woman's voice. And that's why I mentioned my mom wasn't home. I knew it wasn't her. Um, and other people who have had these kinds of experiences, you know what it's like because it's like a sound just comes from all around you. Normally when you hear something, you know, it's like, oh, I can tell it's from this direction. Even if something is like really far away from you, you hear something like a firework, you can tell like, oh, it's coming from this direction. But literally when you hear something like this, it's like, a sound surrounds you. And so I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out and I ran into my dad's room and I was like, dad, like, did you hear that? Were you calling my name? And he was like, no, I mean, I knew it wasn't him calling my name because it was clearly a woman's voice. So I just was like, oh, okay, whatever. That was scary. And I just went on about what I was doing and I went to sleep. No problem. Like I wasn't very afraid of it, but initially I was like, yo, what the heck was that? So that was my first experience. Like I said, it's nothing too drastic or scary or anything. I think something, some spirit was just trying to get my attention and see if I would acknowledge it, which I didn't. And that was why for a while I didn't have any other experiences like that. So the next experience, I mean, it's it's even maybe less underwhelming, but it was something that didn't just happen to me. It happened to my whole family. And I never thought anything of it because I didn't, I, I didn't have the Islamic context about this experience. Um, but in the religion, the prophet Muhammad explains how jinn 
can transform into different animals. Mostly they transform into snakes and dogs and it's more difficult for them to shapeshift into humans. So they commonly do specific animals like snakes and dogs. And even when I was looking it up, I learned that in the Yemeni tradition, it's believed that jinn can't transform into wolves. So I think that's why they might choose to transform into dogs. But specifically, the prophet had mentioned something about black dogs. And that is the basis of this next experience. It's a little bit funny, actually. But this story actually took place before the last one because my sister, I remember she was still living at the house at the time because her friends were coming to spend the night and they had called her and said, we're on our way. And it, it was late by the time they came over. So it was dark outside. So we were kind of waiting to open the door to let them in. And um, if you, I mean, a lot of people might not think this, but in the LA area, actually, it's a little bit more common than probably people expect to see wild animals. A lot of animals come down from the mountains and the foothills things like coyotes, deer, and sometimes even bears. So my sister's uh, friends, they pull up to the house. And next thing we know, like we're opening the door because, you know, we hear the car and everything and they're screaming and they're running towards the door. So we have the door open looking like what the heck is going on? So they come in and we're just like, yeah, what happened? And they're like, oh my God, there was a bear. There was a bear. And we're like, oh, oh, oh crap. You know, like it's, it's actually like common, you know, so we're not like what the heck are you guys talking about? But yeah, they, th they said they saw a bear. So they come into the house and we're just like locking the door, like whatever, it's going to rummage through the trash and then leave. But what was actually happening was they were being followed by this big black dog. And when they get in the house, the dog just decides to pop a squat like it lives here. It just pops a squat on the front porch and it doesn't leave for about a week. Now, I'm not saying that all black dogs are gin, okay? This could have been just a black dog, but you never know. But just the experience itself was really strange because it wasn't like anybody had moved out of our neighborhood and the dog was coming back to the last place that it knew or anything like that. None of our dogs had none of our dogs, none of our neighbors had a black dog like this. We had gone around the neighborhood, asked people, put up signs. Actually, our neighbors next door did have a black dog, but their dog had died years ago and we had known that, but we still went and asked them anyway, it wasn't their dog. And where I live, it's a little bit further from like the rest of the areas around me. Like I live more so close to the mountains. So for a dog to end up where I was or to, to where I lived, that dog had to be lost AF. Okay. And, um, if it was the dog of somebody who lived around us, like we lived in an area at the time, these developments were fairly new. Not a lot of people were living around here. So if you put up a few signs, even whoever's dog it was in this neighborhood should have been able to find, to, to find it. Even like my family, like later on in time, like we ended up getting dogs and our dogs had gotten out and had been lost. And people in our neighborhood found our dogs within like a few days. So for this dog to stay for a week and for nobody to claim it, it was kind of like, oh, this is weird. It was just a strange experience. It was a very friendly dog. You know, like I said, not all, not all gin are malevolent. Not, not all black dogs are gin. Could have just been a dog. But if it was a gin, it was clearly a friendly one. Um, 
and you know we're giving it food and water so we're obviously giving it a reason to stay we're not <laughs> inviting this dog into our house or anything like that but the dog did stay for a pretty long time and it was sad we eventually ended up taking the dog to the pound and you know what happens to dog and dogs that don't get claimed in the pound so hopefully it was a gin and it wasn't a dog that just got left in the pound <laughs> So the next thing that happened to me was actually a little bit scary. So another thing about Jin is that Jin like to live in dirty places or vacant places. And this is another thing that I think is pretty common across different spiritual religious traditions is that spirits, especially like malevolent ones, will live in, you know, abandoned cemeteries, abandoned buildings, um near like dirty trash and things like that <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna be talking about one of my friends from college's house I'm not saying she's dirty trash but this friend of mine that I had in college she lived in Santa Cruz which is a city in California beautiful place again it's surrounded by forests surrounded by a lot of nature where Jin like to live and a lot of people that live there are like those spiritually minded people a lot of hippies and stuff like that so strange things happening in Santa Cruz is no surprise to anyone. So also people have to understand like California, everywhere to live in California is expensive, but I was going to school in San Francisco, which is one of the most expensive places in the country, if not the most expensive place to live in the country. And Santa Cruz is really close and it's a really beautiful town, like I said. So it's really expensive to live there. So me, my roommate and this friend of ours, in college, we were just living with strangers, living wherever we can find a place that we can afford. And a lot of the times we live with like really weird, dirty, mean, spirited people. And Santa Cruz, apart from being really close to these forests, it's also really close to the beach. So it's a really foggy, humid place. And it's difficult to, you know, have houses close to the beach because the humidity can mess up the house and actually this house that she was living in ended up getting infested with mold just because of this I don't know if something was else, something else was going on but you know just the sheer amount of humidity can make it difficult to maintain a house that's made of wood so like I said Jen are like attracted to that kind of stuff and also you know we're college students we were all college students and during the summer I think the people that she was living with had all left the house and that's how the mold had gotten out of control. So not only was the house dirty, which attracts Jen, but the house was also vacant for months at a time. So that's also like an invitation for Jen to come up in there. So this experience was actually a little bit more scary. So me and my roommate from up in San Francisco, we had gone down to Santa Cruz. We were going, hanging out with her friend, going out, having a good time, whatever, doing our thing. So we had come home and the friend whose house we were staying at, she let the two of us sleep in her bed in her room. So... I have to mention, I have to mention, she had a cat, so the cat would also sleep in her bedroom. So me, my roommate, and the cat are all in the room trying to fall asleep. Me and her are just like chit-chatting, you know, before we doze off. And suddenly the cat starts like growling or whatever you call it cats do. Like they're hissing and just like freaking out. And then the cat sprints out of the room. And the next thing I know is I hear this like deep guttural growling coming out of the closet 
in the room and the closet door is open. So I'm looking at my homegirl like, did you just hear that? And she's like, nope, 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 nope. And she, I don't want to like speak for her experience, but she has told me that certain stuff has happened to her before. So she kind of like knew how to handle this stuff. And also, like I said, she was Muslim. I don't know if she was like saying like Ayatul Kursi or like, you know, like the cools or whatever. So basically I'm saying, I don't know if she was like protecting protecting the area from whatever this was that was in the room but she's like nope nope we're just gonna go to sleep and we're just gonna pretend like that didn't even happen so yeah we ended up sleeping in the room I didn't have any like nightmares or anything like that but I'm pretty sure like that my friend had like said some kind of like verse from the Quran to like protect the space because it was pretty freaky it was pretty scary and especially like in this instance, like the cat running out of the room, the fact that it wasn't just me that heard it. She had also heard it. She reacted. I reacted. And yeah, it was, it was like, it was a lot, it was a lot to handle, but I had just gone to sleep and forgotten about it. So that kind of leads me into the next experience that I had related to sleep. So this is probably the scariest thing that has happened to me. You know what? I think it's really interesting. I think that a lot of people as well who've had these experiences that are very scary are never, I mean, are rarely traumatized by them. They don't like happen often. Like these stories that I'm telling have happened like with years between them. And none of them, like I said, are very scary, but um, I think it all just depends on how you react to them. And actually like in Islam, it's very important how you react to them. Like when you have like bad dreams, even you're not supposed to give them power by speaking about them. But this that happened to me wasn't a bad dream. I had sleep paralysis when I was back home from college at my parents' house. And I know for Muslims, we're not we're not supposed to talk about our bad dreams because you don't want to give those things power. You don't want to re-manifest them and invite them into your life by, by speaking power into them, you know? But to me, sleep paralysis is so common. I'm not really afraid of it after this initial time that it happened to me, having no preparation, having no idea what to do about it. I think that I reacted to it pretty well. But to me, sleep paralysis, it's not a bad dream. It's something real that happened to me and it's something that I did overcome. So I'm not concerned about speaking about it. In sleep paralysis, it's like fairly common and a lot of people see the same thing. And I want to mention to that point that the reason why I think, well, I don't think, I know that sleep paralysis is actually gin um, because a lot of people mention how they see like the top hat man. That's what I saw. Or they see like different varieties of shadow people. It's very difficult for jinn to take the shape of humans. So that's why they often shapeshift into animals and things like that. Even within our dreams, they often shapeshift into animals or just like disfigured people or whatever. But I know there's a whole lore behind shadow people, but I interpret that as jinn cannot easily physically turn into a person so taking the silhouette a shadow silhouette of a person is something that's fairly easy for them to do for people who don't know um also i just want to mention that muslims believe that when we have dreams 
our soul is like in another plane, like in another world. So it's also easier for jinn to attack us when we're sleeping because we're not like when we dream, we're not like physical. Like we don't regard dreams as like a physical occurrence or experience. So it's easier for jinn to influence our dreams and things like that. And before sleep paralysis happened to me, I had actually known some people, actually my roommate, my roommates from college, the one that I mentioned before and another person I lived with before that, she had sleep paralysis. Well, both of them had sleep paralysis, but my first roommate in college, it happened to her often. She was under a lot of stress and she would tell me like, Bria, like if you hear me making these noises when I'm sleeping, I'm trying to say your name, please wake me up because I'm having these terrifying experiences. So I think because of the fact that those two had explained to me what happened to them, I was kind of more prepared for these experiences. So when it happened to me, I remember I was in my room and I was sleeping on my left side. Muslims, y'all know what sleeping on your left side is. So I was sleeping on my left side. I remember that because I was facing the window in my room. And when I woke up into the paralysis, it was like very dark, but I could still see. It was almost like I had like night vision or something. It didn't look like that weird, like gray, green stuff, night vision, but it was like I could just see through the darkness. So I remember I heard something at the bottom of the stairs. Something was maniacally laughing, like super scary, evil laughter was coming from the bottom of the stairs. And I had my door open. I used to sleep with my door open at the time. So this this thing, I could like hear it coming and I was just bracing myself and I was trying to like move, like I was trying to like shake myself, but you know, you're paralyzed, but I was trying to wake myself up before the thing actually made it into my room, but I didn't. And the thing comes into my room and is like standing so close to me at the edge of my bed. I mean, at the side of my bed, directly to where my head is. And it's just standing over me, booming evil maniacal laughter and I'm just trying to like wake myself up but I didn't really like acknowledge the thing I wasn't like sitting there in fear I was just like nope nope I'm fighting this I'm fighting this I'm not I'm not giving into this thing I'm not acknowledging this I'm just focusing on waking up so I think you know I eventually woke up but I think just the fact that I didn't give in to the fear um is the thing that prevented it from ever happening to me again. Like I said before, the way you react, I think is the most important thing. It can close you off to certain things, but I think it's also a protection. So sleep paralysis, thankfully has never happened to me again. I no longer sleep with my door open. I don't want anything thinking that this is an open space. So I sleep with my door closed and I also, you know, I have other protections that I, other precautions and protections that I do now. Speaking of which, I actually forgot to mention something that happened to me really recently, um, speaking of those protections and things. I mean, this happened maybe like two or three days ago. I guess that's why I forgot. But, you know, ever since I've started to do those things, protect my space, clear my space, I've noticed more positive unexplained things, more positive experiences with Jen, more positive synchronicities, however you want to call that. I've noticed that happening to me a lot more. For example, like rarely do I ever have the need to set an alarm for Fudger. Like should I set an alarm for Fudger? Yes, for the the early morning prayer, but, but I, I just don't like 
I always wake up within a few minutes of fudger. Like there's always something that wakes me up. And I know people are just going to be like, uh, that's just because you're conditioned to wake up at that time. You do it. Da 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 da. No, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Like I do pray fudger, but I'm not going to say that I'm consistent enough to where I'm just conditioned to wake up at that time every day because I'm, I'm not. And Oh, the thing that happened to me more recently was that I woke up like a few minutes, maybe like five minutes before Fudger, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go back to sleep. You know, I woke up a little bit too, too early. I'm just going to go back to sleep. I'll, I'll pray Fudger tomorrow. I'll pray when I wake up, you know. But then I heard this voice and it was like, Bria, like, just like calling me out, like, like literally calling me out. <laughs> and it sounded just like my dad, but I knew it wasn't my dad. And that's how I knew it was something else because my dad awake at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I ended up waking up and I prayed, uh, I prayed, uh, I prayed for your prayer, but just, just things like that have been happening to me ever since I've learned more about what to do in these kinds of situations. So those are my experiences with Jen. Like I said, they're not very scary, not very flashy, nothing like the things that happen in the movies. And you might have a natural explanation for these things or see that side of things. But like I said, experiences with Jen are a lot more common and a lot more natural than people think that they are. So, I mean, everything is open to interpretation. Everything is open to interpretation. I have another story that happened to me that I don't feel comfortable sharing because sometimes I suppose things can get out of hand and can actually be scary in more realistic ways. I'll just say that, I guess. But hopefully if I come across somebody of knowledge who can help me explain this and help me protect myself against it, I'll be able to explain that story next time. But now, you know, I have my protections. I do things to to ward off any kind of spirits but like I said it's very important to know about those things because they are so common a lot more common than people think but yeah let me know like have you guys ever had any gin experiences I really want to hear about them I know a lot of people just like in general in life you know I, I feel like those times where you forget something you lose something or you know exactly where it was and then suddenly it disappears even like the other day I went to sleep and I woke up and my hat was on my chair. My hat that was underneath my dresser where I barely am even willing to put a vacuum, let alone my hand, that hat was on top of my desk chair. So I, I feel like those kinds of things too, those little things in your life that just can't be explained, those are probably those are probably gin trying to get on our nerves, but it's fine. It's cool. But yeah, I'm really interested in any other kind of gin stories that you guys have. Let me know. Maybe I'll make a post on my Instagram and we can start a dialogue there in the comments or DM me. My IG is at the American Sahara, all one word. None of that weird period underscore stuff. The American Sahara. Oh, wait, maybe it's just American Sahara. Hold up. No, yep, at the American Sahara. Had to double check for y'all. I mean, really for myself. <laughs> but definitely follow me there. I think it would be really nice to have those conversations. Maybe get a conversation going in the comment section or DM me or something. I don't know. I think it would just be nice to actually have these conversations instead of being a little lonely convert island like I am right now. <laughs> but yeah, I think that would be great 
to talk to some like-minded Muslim people or just like-minded religious people, spiritual people, people, however you identify, that would be great. I would really like that. Um, also, I'm going to be going to Arizona here soon. If anybody knows about the American Southwest, you know that it's full of deserts and just spiritual activity in general. I mean, deserts are, are natural spots for spiritual activity. Those wide open spaces, a lot of natural, untouched land, uninhabited by people. So definitely a hotspot for gin, but just beautiful scenery and environment. So I'm really excited to go out there. I'm going to be hitting up the Grand Canyon, maybe Sedona. You know, if you know about that area, there's like those energy vortexes or whatever they're supposed to be. But I'm going to go find out about it. So maybe I'll come back with another gin episode just about Arizona. Regardless about what happens out there, I'm going to be really excited to share it with y'all. Even if it's just those beautiful sceneries and uh, landscapes and stuff like that. So, but you know, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like what I'm looking for by going out there is to have more of a spiritual experience. I'm sure it's going to happen. Spirituality and gin and all of this kind of stuff is all around us. So take care of yourself. Don't step on a gin's toes and I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.